Coming up, today's guest is Kara Dake, VP of Growth and Partnerships at CleverTap and a specialist of her own in mobile user acquisition and retention. She shares how one company surveyed their uninstalled users so they could decrease their uninstall rate, how using a person's name can increase engagement with your push notifications, and common mobile marketing mistakes you and I should avoid. Stay tuned. The most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. Fanbytes.com helps you drive downloads for less than 50 cents using Snapchat influencers. They even help one of my clients drive 46 cents CPIs at scale. Learn more at fanbytes.com. For just one low monthly price, you will discover our greatest growth hacks to driving massive downloads. You can learn more on appmastersacademy.com. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of appmasters.co.com. Doesn't matter anymore. It used to only be .co, but now it is .com. The place you go, whether it's the YouTube channel, the podcast, which is what you're listening to, or the blog when you want action-packed content in the app business. Because I bring on awesome guests like the one today to talk about mobile engagement, retention. Her name is Kara Dake. She is the VP of Growth and Partnerships at CleverTap. You got to check them out, clevertap.com. Kara, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Steve, and congrats on the dot, uh, dot .com. That's awesome. <laughs> it was only time. They reached out to me. You want to buy this? I'm like, no, I don't need that. I'm fine. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, they, we went back and forth. And I was like, oh, okay, this is a good enough deal for me to for me to buy it. But yeah, thank you so much. So, Kara, I'm looking at the site. It says Intelligent Mobile Marketing Platform. Now, for me, I'm like, what the heck does that mean? So what is Clever Tap? Great question. So we are in the analytics and engagement space. Um, so we're intelligent in that you're able to, as a mobile app uh, user, you're able to install our SDK. Um, and then from there, you're able to analyze all your user activity and data points and then make smart, intelligent decisions based on those data points with uh, the variety of engagement offerings we have from push notifications, in-app messaging, SMS, email, Facebook remarketing, and that full suite. So yeah, one-stop shop. I love it. Now, what are the, are there like AI-powered automatic things that we can engage? Because sometimes I see like so much metrics. I'm like, what the hell do I do with all this stuff? Yeah, exactly. I know there's a lot to dig into, especially when you have a tool like ours where you're able to capture, um, you know, all of your user data that's available. So uh, yeah, we do have uh, some some features that are moving into the AI, AI and machine learning space where you're able to identify uh, specific segments of users that you should, uh, would, would be the most, the highest value. Mm-hmm. So where you're able to group your different segments into say different um, opportunities, like most likely to convert, uh, most likely to do a specific activity, uh, least likely, et cetera. So that way you don't have to um, you know, dissect every segment individually. So that's super helpful. That saves a lot of time. It's It's been interesting. We've done a little bit of studies um, in terms of 
the usage and, and efficacy of um, the of mobile marketers and how they're using their data. And we found that without the use of machine learning, you're actually only making decisions based on about 5% of your available data. So I know a lot of the conversations we have in mobile growth are around how to best use your data, right? Right. And the tools that are out there obviously help. um, And you absolutely need to be, you know, have have your the basic um, analytics offerings and 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 reporting. Uh, but on top of that, what's so so exciting is with these new ML tools um, and the direction the the space is going, we're going to be able to move a lot quicker and deeper and more personalized and more contextual into making these engagement decisions. So let's talk about that. So when we have all this data from CleverTap, how do what are some things that we should be using to help drive the engagement, help drive the retention? It's something I'm trying to talk more of, Kara, because I talk a lot about growth, but I'm like, look, that growth is going to mean nothing if you don't have that engagement, if you don't have that retention. And it's not going to mean nothing because if you don't have that, you're not going to even make money. So what's the point of driving the growth? Yep, exactly. Yeah, I'm curious, do you see in your experience, just to switch a conversation back, because um, I kind of want to see where your assessment is with sure. where, how, you know, how intelligent are the the mobile apps that you're working with? Do you see them using um, different services for analytics and then different services for engagement? Do you see it moving towards having one platform for both? I think what are you t- looking at? Yeah, towards one platform for both. Yeah, that's good. I mean that that's definitely um, a value prop that we like to hold our hats on, and 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 also the fact that we're able to capture so much data. And then have you know the full omni-channel suite of uh, engagement offerings. Nice. So I would start there. And in terms of you know the different types of analytics um, activities that you want to participate in, obvious are funnels. So funnels allow you to identify how your users are navigating in your app um, and where they drop off before you know reaching a certain conversion step. Um, retention cohorts. So this is just a way that you're able to visualize um, the engagement and user retention by the different uh, core hubs of, of, of users that you have. Um, so you can understand and group your users who have demonstrated, say, certain behaviors in, or, in their app, and then track their actions on a daily, weekly, monthly, and basis, um, et cetera. So that's a really good start kind of on the, on the basics. We have some other really cool features that we've recently introduced. Um, so, Flows is a, is a new feature, relatively new feature that lets you isolate all the different ways your customers customers are navigating your app. So you can see visually all the paths that customer paths that customers are taking um, to help identify the optimal points to engage with them. So that's pretty cool. We've seen a lot of success with that. And then uh, lastly, we have a tool called Pivots, and this this tool is it allows you kind of to tell the complete story of all of the customer events that are happening. And so events, if you're not familiar, these are specific actions that people are taking within your app. So you want to make sure that you're, you know, with any analytics tool, you're setting up um, specific segments, sorry, specific events. And, I, you know, it really depends on the type of app that you have in terms of how many events you want to track. Um, you know, if you're a food delivery app, for example, you might have like, five core event actions that people are going to be doing from adding to cart to searching a menu to making a purchase. 
And then if you're a social app, you may have, you know, 60 events um, of, of different ways that you can interact with the app. But we wouldn't recommend tracking all 60. Um, sometimes we do see people trying to do that and then it just gets way too complicated. So I think in the range of like 10 to 20 is a good kind of maximum um, core offering of, of, of tracking your events. So with our tool Pivots, this helps you dive into um, s single events, as I mentioned, that may be very critical for your app. Um, and then it gives you kind of a spreadsheet-like view to really dissect the different properties associated with that event. So if you wanted to really dig deep into seeing how many people, are, you know, or the the data around who's adding to cart, for example, yeah, you can look at the session properties, you can look at geographies, demographics, technographics, all this cool stuff. Um, and then kind of you're able to that analyze that across different um, channels based on those event properties. Do you have an example, like a specific example of maybe one of your, the clients, your customers use CleverTab? Yeah. So ticketing is, um, is something that we're really strong in. And so some of our customers have been able to use this feature to be able to compare average revenue per movie across different cities. Um, so they're therefore able to analyze the ticket revenue associated by different ge geographic areas. Interesting. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 You know, one of the engagement tools I try to talk about too, because I think the the basic ones that people know of push notifications, I don't know, like SMS kind of things. You, and I think the, the forgotten one is an email. And I kind of gave this example during an event where I was like, I was in hotel tonight and I liked a hotel and I've been kind of eyeing that hotel. And I think they knew that too, because literally as I hearted the, put it like tap the heart, I got an email saying, Hey, are you still going, considering going to this hotel and the SF? I was like, how did you do that? And yes, I am. <laughs> and so I see this case study. I don't know if you could speak to it, but is it EXCO or I-X-I-G-O, which is the India's oh, top? Yeah. And they, you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure I remember that one. I can, I can, can I'm looking at the case me? study, but it was just yeah. something that my, one of my clients was like, Hey Steve, I'm seeing a high uninstall rate. Like, what can I do? And I'm like, well, it's nature. Like people do uninstall your app. Like, oh you know, yes, yes. You know, you're only going to get about eight, 80% of people who are going to continue using or 20% of the people continue using your app. And so that's going to happen. All right. So do you, you want us to got talk it, about this? A little yeah, bit? that was, that's a really great point. I'm glad you brought this up around just app uninstalls in general. Um, so one of the, you know, I, I guess what's so interesting and I, and I love talking about engagement and retention techniques. Um, and that's what we specialize in versus, you know, acquisition is that it, it really varies, but on average people will, you'll spend five more times, five times more money acquiring users and retaining them. Right. Okay. So, um, just backtracking a little bit, it's just really important, you know, to start thinking as you're developing your app, start thinking about your engagement and retention strategies within the product itself. And then, um, you know, before you start any acquisition campaigns, start thinking about planning your user onboarding and what specific um, engagement campaigns you'll have set up right out of the right out of the gate. So you may have heard these stats, but 90 percent of apps are installed and never used again. Right. It's, it's like really dire. 
Um, and I think most of us are sophisticated enough at this stage to, to have thought through to, to be, have awareness around that. Um, but uninstalls is a strategy that we've seen a lot of success with companies using. So you're going to need to have a tool like CleverTap that will help you identify who, you know, who's uninstalled your app. Um, but again, back to that key point that it's a lot cheaper to re-engage, to, you know, retain and then re-engage um, your existing users. This would be an example of re-engaging existing users, right? So for whatever reason, they've uninstalled your app. And with a tool like CleverTap, you're able to identify who's uninstalled your app on a daily basis. So we send ghost push notifications daily to, to be able to track and identify who who has a, you know, who's no longer using the app. Oh, interesting. Uh, they, they don't see that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, and then for those that have an email associated with, with there, that's pretty much the only, you know, that that's the key way of being able to re-engage them is with that email address that you, that you've got um, from them. All right. And so we see a lot of success when a company sends an email to the user, uh, you know, with, a, in a timely manner. Um, depending on kind of their general engagement rates, whether it's daily or or weekly, within that key window, you'd want to um, re-engage with a with follow-up email, and a way of you know remarketing to them is is or offering them some some way some reason to come back. You know they've obviously uninstalled; they were unhappy for some reason. Um, so try to drive them to come back in, in whatever value props you have, and then it's also an interesting way to be able to capture information about why they uninstalled. So it's just a good opportunity to place a survey within this email campaign to ask why they've uninstalled, right? Yeah. And this doesn't have to be a one-time email. Obviously, be responsible in your email follow-ups. Um, but just like any other email campaign strategy, you can you can target them several times with this. And the other cool thing is when you have a provider like CleverTap, um, synced up to your email providers, we're able to then help you personalize those messages, right? So with that re-engagement email based on an uninstall, you can personalize that based on what you knew that their in-app activity was, right? So if you knew that they were um, that they were engaging with certain movie types um, in movie categories and a different, you know, certain geography, well, you can absolutely send hook up to your email provider to send them a personalized email with with those types of identifiers, and then they might remember. Oh man, yeah, if I did uninstall, um, I'm not going to be able to get those hotel recommendations. That actually, I, I know I only need them once a month, but it's maybe I'll reinstall again. Right. Um, and and here's the reason why I, I uninstalled the first time, and now you've got that valuable user data. I think so. that's that's the most brilliant part. Like, and I'm looking at the case study right now, but like 12.5% responded to why they uninstalled. It's not so much trying to get them to reinstall because that's a hurdle and you might be successful in that. Just figure out why, like so that you can fix it so that people stay in yeah. longer. And I think that's where the valuable content comes from. Exactly. And I mean, 12 and a half percent, it's not too bad, no. right? I mean, considering what are normal open rates. So, right. um, they're, they're, and again, that's the time, the timeliness of it is important because, um, you know, if you, if you do the, send this email within a day that you're still top of mind. So Kara, it, do, if the user does not enable push notifications, does that still work? That ghost notification that you talked about? 
Um, I don't believe so. I think that's something that that so that will also minimize that pool there. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So as a developer to kind of summarize, okay, if you're going to try to decrease your uninstall rate, you're going to have to grab their email address because you're going to have to try to engage with them later on. And then secondly, you know, do the onboarding cleverly. I've done tons of content on this cleverly so that they would enable push notifications because it is a great engagement tool. People actually like it. You're just asking the wrong way if people aren't enabling it, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. I think I was seeing like some, I was looking at Medium, the app Medium's um, onboarding flow. And uh, there were some interesting case studies and and kind of like, I I would highly recommend looking at how they've onboarded. Um, It's kind of a a good use case for media related apps. Mm. But um, saw a stat that push notifications actually have a 71% opt-in rate across Android and iOS. So if you're prompting them, you know, in in a seamless way right away, they're like you said, the people are actually, you know, open to it. And that's when you get into the whole conversation about optimizing the push experience for personalization and contextualization. I love that. I wish I knew that stat when I created that video. Maybe sound somewhat smarter. <laughs> Be like, yo, 75% oh, about the data. opt-in. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> you knew data. though. You knew that people like it. Yeah, I part, know. So. I'm like, because I just talked about myself. I'm like, look, I like to opt in when it's like cleverly done, not necessarily like there's yeah. a reason to opt in, not necessarily, hey, you know, would you enable it? Like, no, like why? Why would I want to enable it? So Yeah, and I think people are I, I, I'm, I have, have the feeling and I've, we've noticed uh, that with the data too that people are, users are, are starting to recognize that the industry is getting smarter. So their purchases are becoming more targeted. So that's it obviously increases that opt-in average. Well, we talked about messing up the, the push notification stuff. Are there any other common mistakes that you're seeing, Kara? Um, yeah, a couple. <laughs> um, you know, no, I, I, see, um, I see opportunities yeah. that you know, I, I say I, with segmentation is, is, is one that's quite big. And I think that often depends on the tools that you have available. Um, and then also like your, your training on the tools, because there, there is, you know, if you're a small team and very busy team, um, you know, there, there is some time that's needed to dive into your analytics and engagement tools to build the right segments. But I would highly recommend spending the time to start to, you know, to, to track that data, um, iterate your campaigns based on your different segments behavior and employ a tool that can, can do some of that for you. Like clever taps, as we mentioned with our, with our AI, um, kind of triggered segments. I love it. Anything and, else? and then Sorry, personalization, which I touched on a little bit, uh, you know, there's some key, um, best practices in the space around the different types of messaging with personalization. So, you know, using, using the user's name as much as possible. Uh, actually, I, this is a funny story that I just came in. Uh, someone on our team sent us. I don't think I'm going to mention the company's name, but it was pretty clever. Um, someone was, a company was inviting her via email to a, uh, a conference they were doing around marketing. Mm-hmm. And she forwarded this email and the, the email came in and it said, Hey, you know, uh, Kara and said, watch this video. You know, we really think that you would enjoy this. And within the video itself, which was embedded into the email, 
they had they did they had a person sitting at desk that held a, a real person uh, that held up a card and said her name on this card. Wow. Uh, I, I don't know if you visually can kind of see what that's like, but I mean, it it, it looked so natural that we were all a little creeped out, but we were like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought he was gonna he was actually gonna say her name, but he didn't. That would be um, some ninja stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but like. It worked, you know, you were going to watch it and now you're, well, okay, these are marketers. Okay. They, they know what's up in terms of um, how to personalize their own messaging for their own conferences. So, um, so that with, with, you know, speaking to the, to the name um, and then again, if there's any other qualifiers that you've been able to grab based on preferences, geographies, um, categories, they, you know, that similar segments of users have enjoyed. If you don't have that much user data on them yet, you know, look at similar, similar cohorts, um, and, and their preferences Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, push notifications can be, can be, um, personalized in that way. Obviously rich push, push, push messages are, are great. And emojis are always, are always, you know, always fun too. So, yeah, those are just a few of, of the things. Now, yeah, that must be one of those. When you talk about personalization, like where should we be using that? Like, have you do you have a an example of somebody that's using personalization besides the email one, but maybe more in the app form, how they're using personalization? Yeah, I you know I see push notifications are are the, generally the strongest engagement tech and most widely used engagement technique. Um, so with that, you know, if you're, I really like to think about mobile moments, right? You've probably heard that in the industry. We call it the golden window. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a certain time frame when a user is most likely going to engage with your app. So I'll give you an example. If uh, you know, you're a food tech app, for example, a food delivery app, and you've identified that um, over time, a certain segment of users is most likely to add an item to cart, you know, it looks like they generally check this food delivery app at around noon when they start to think, to think about lunch. Um, then they generally go to this a, a certain category of, you know, categories of food. And then they add their item to cart. Um, and then they've, they've left that item in the cart because maybe they got busy or they decided to explore other lunch options. Well, that mobile moment or golden window is a time frame of about could well it really depends, but you, your your tool will help you determine what that window is. Say it's 15 minutes, you know that you've got this 15 minute critical window to reengage and uh, this person to come back and you know convert um, to a purchase. So the first step is being able to identify what this window is, and this window of time may be different for your different user types, right? But you've identified this segment as 15 minutes. And so to get them to come back, you're going to send them a personalized push notification. It's going to drive them directly back into that conversion funnel. So um, we want to say, hey, Steve, uh, you know, you've got, you know, 30 minutes to to get to get this order out to get to you, you know, by by one o'clock. Here's 15 percent off of X item. You can get as granular as because you're able to identify what item. Mm. Uh, they've, they've added to cart and then you insert a deep link that brings them directly back into the cart, right? So they don't have to fumble around through the different steps. Um, and so that's quite personalized, you know, 
Um, and then you've actually added them added value with the, with the offer as well. So I love that example. And I see a lot more companies doing, looking into these golden windows, um, with personalization. I love that. That's a great example too. Kara, is, is there anything else that I miss? <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to um, well, you know, I think I just wanted to touch on omni-channel marketing. I think that's something that we are looking at a lot. And um, I just want to remind users of what that or your listeners what that is. And there's a difference between omni-channel marketing and multi-channel marketing. Are you familiar with this, Steve? No, you, you, you've taught me so many things. ML, machine learning, omni-channel. Tell me about what's the difference. <laughs> okay. Um, so this is basically kind of now that we've got users on so many different devices, right? So people are spending upwards of five hours a day on mobile and say close to 60% of these have multiple devices that they're on, right? I mean, I'm guilty of this myself and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not Gen Z, but I'm acting like one because I'm on three different devices right now. And, you know, this is the way it is. So with that, you want to make sure that you're, um, your your strategies and your campaigns are set up to to run seamlessly on all of these. So if you think of like a multi and so there's a difference between a multi-channel experience and omni-channel. And I kind of like to give this visual example of okay, a, a multi-channel experience is say you've got swim lanes, right? And you've got your different channels in the different swim lanes. So you've got social media in one, you've got email in another. Um, you know, push in another and everyone's kind of swimming in their own lane going back and forth. Right. But you're all in the same pool, but an omni-channel experience is where you've got, um, you've got the user in the middle of that pool and everybody or all the different channels around that are swimming kind of concentrically around them. And, and there's not really this, there's no division. (laughs) Okay. That's the visual I was trying to get across. So, and it really depends, you know, from a company infrastructure perspective, how you want to set that up, what works best for your team and the size of your team. But as with anything, you know, you don't really want your channels working in silos with individual targets. You want to have similar end goals and, you know, targets within each channel. Um, So I'd I'd recommend as you're looking, you know, to grow your team or um, set up your teams that you really kind of think of a a unified um, North Star metrics and then devise your strategies around that. So you want your messaging to be consistent across your channels. Okay, that seems pretty straightforward, but I think even as users, we've seen that that doesn't always that isn't always communicated. Right. Um, So make sure you're doing that. And then have your campaigns set up to to be triggered um you know, if you have, well, if you have a tool like CleverTap, then you're able to um, deliver that messaging across the, the the major channels. So just wanted to highlight that because, you know, our, our devices are expanding all the time, right? More and more smart devices. So the channels just keep, just keep growing. I like that. All right, Kara. So this, well, you know, it's so weird because I usually do an ad read right here and I've been trying to stay away from ads. And so I'm having difficulty. Like, how do I transition? Because usually <laughs> I have a smooth transition now that I'm breaking up the whole process. But Garrett, this has been absolutely amazing. Let's go to the big finish. What is one app we definitely have to check out? 
Hmm. Okay. Um, I'm going to, this is going to probably be more for the ladies out here. Um, but if you are, you know, if you've got a woman in your life, I would recommend this. This might help, might help out the men in your life too, or the men. Um, I actually love hormone horoscope. It's, um, it's changed my life. It tells me on a daily basis. It sends me a push notification based on, um, you know, my monthly cycle and where I'm likely going to be on a daily basis from mood to energy to all of that. So I, I like the, the whole personal development space in general mm. and how it's getting more personalized. And, you know, it really, it's a nice reminder if I'm like, um, Oh, that's why I'm tired today. So, you know, it's a daily so it's, reminder. It's, uh, yeah. Because, you know, for women, things can change on a day to day basis. So <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> <laughs> That's yep, funny. Check it out. My friends and I all love it. I actually have Clue on my app. And well, yeah. it's funny. My wife will go into it. It's like, where am I? And I'm like, dude, I have this because so I follow you. But I mean, a daily one would be even more awesome because all I'm trying to do is track it and be like, okay, am I getting close? Are we? <laughs> do I have to be extra yeah. nice now? Like, where am I? <laughs> That's great. Has it helped your understanding of each other? Yes. Well, definitely for me. I'm like, okay, I'm more yeah. like... I'm more willing to just let go of certain things, knowing that it might be something else. And before I used to be like, are you on? And then, you know, like you, that starts a whole brand new argument. So now I'm like, Hey, I know. (laughs) Now I have evidence. (laughs) Now I have the 75% opt-in rate at my disposal. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I love it. I want to definitely check that out. Kara, what's the one takeaway that you want the audience to leave with? Hmm. One takeaway. I would like to say, don't be scared of new technologies, right? I mean, it's, it's overwhelming as, as mobile marketers with the, the MarTech landscape and staying, staying abreast of all of this. But going back to the data point that I think I mentioned in the beginning about that we're really only using about 5% of our data, mm-hmm. um, there's a long, you know, there's, we're going to be in a fast track um, to making much smarter decisions in the near term. So stay abreast of all, all the trends and try out new technologies. Um, and, you know, also invest in data science as well. So whether, you, you know, if your team is, is small, there's, there's firms you can work with for outsourced data science um, and maybe get your hands dirty and get in there a little bit yourself. So that's my tip. Love it. The company is clever tap. The website is clevertap.com. Kara, do you want to send the listeners anywhere else? That sounds great, Steve. Okay. Well, I'm going to link up Kara's Twitter profile in the podcast app. So if you click on her name, my longtime listeners know this, but if you click on her name, you're going to go to her Twitter profile. If you got anything out of this, like I always say, find a way to thank the guests like I'm about to do now. Kara, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. Thank you so much. Thank you all for listening. And we'll see you at the next chat. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.